Gather round, counselors. It's time for a campfire song. This one's about a boy who died on these very campgrounds 23 years ago. This is the ballad, Jason Voorhees. Once upon a time there was a boy from Crystal Lake. He thought that he could swim ashore, but soon he'd meet his fate. The counselors paid never mind, cause never was too soon. But surely they would all be subdued. And now we stand upon the land where Jason Voorhees died. His mother Pam would take his hand, avenge him she would cry. She swore a note to Jason by her hand, they all would fall As soon as they would recognize his mom, she'd kill them all If you feel it, if you feel kind of sad And you're looking, and you're looking for a thing Podcast where we address stress and obsess over everything. That is horror. Oh, how? I'm Evil Eddie. I'm here with a couple of happy campers that need no introduction whatsoever. Wait, I'd like one. I no. would love an introduction. Dude, that's really shitty of you not to introduce <laughs> us. Well, fuck you. That's why. <laughs> I'm here with Hell's Hooligan. Well, hello there. And Lynn Leatherface. Sip. I am so happy to be back. We are on a very, very awesome journey. No better people to be with than two of the best buddies in the whole world. We're going camping, and <laughs> we're going to talk about Friday the 13th. The most underrated horror movie ever. <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> haven't heard of this one. This is, yeah, this is it's very underground. Yeah. yeah. This was the, I think, the top list of most obscure, never-before-seen <laughs> horror movies. Yeah. Well, well hey, we got some, a couple of special <laughs> guests coming in today. We got Justin Prater and Sheldon Inlow from Paper Street. They're coming to join us in this conversation. They're big enthusiasts on the franchise and so excited to have them on. This will be the first time in 66.6 The Horror History 
that we actually have a guest come on our show. It's cool. Fucking exciting. We're gonna have more in the future. It's gonna be rad. Yeah. And I tell you, these motherfuckers know their shit. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And hey, I want to make sure that all our listeners know that you're invited to our conversations all the time by emailing us, because we don't hear from you guys enough. No. But anyways, uh, hey, let's say we get down to the main event. Get the party started. Yeah. Camp. Yeah. We'll pitch a tent. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing your hosts for 66.6 The Horror, it's Lynn Leatherface. With Hell's And we're back. Yeah. So we're going to do what we do best. We're going to go to the video store, check out a video. You know it. Hey, Lynn, you were telling me about Crystal Lake video. Yeah. Camp Crystal Lake video. I I don't think there's many options around here. So it seemed like that's that's our spot. That's that's where we're going. That's That's the only video store in rural New Jersey. Okay. Over the hill and far away to the video store we go. Hey. Oh, hello, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Welcome Hi. to Camp Crystal Lake video. Um, we're about the only game in town, but I will guarantee um, our selection... What is... Our selection can't be beat. Yeah, I always forget that part of the introduction. Wow. What's your I'm name, so young man? My name is Michael Peter Paul. <laughs> What's so funny? Oh, I love this already. Nothing. We love dudes with three first names. Yeah. Well, well actually... I never thought about it like that. How may I be a service here at Camp Crystal Lake What's Video? What's up, dude? Hey, we are 66.6 The Horror. Oh, goodness. What an awful name. Why would you call yourself that? What? Jeez Louise. Hey, that's just evil. Why no, is it it's evil? Just a, it's a radio station. Why is it that's, evil? The, that's the number of Satan himself. No, no. My I parents think you're missing mis- the point. What's the point? 66.6. Oh. It's all very confusing. Uh, it doesn't okay, matter. Whatever. We're, hey, we're man. here for a video. We're not, I... we're not here for any well, trouble. Sure, you came to the right place. We've got any number of historical documentaries that talk no. about this land here. Pass! And nature. Nature's its finest asset here no. at Camp... No, we're here for one movie and one movie only. Oh, one excuse movie me. Only. Oh, excuse me. My phone's ringing. Hang on. Hello? Oh, okay. Hello? Yeah, Kimmy, no, now's not the best time. There's these two gentlemen in here. Yeah, I know, right? They look a little intimidating. Sure, just answer your fucking phone. They've got longer hair. There's one guy. I don't know what he's doing. He hadn't said much. That's weird. But, um, no, no, I can't. It's just, it's, 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 no, no, it's just too embarrassing. And if they say no... No, I'm, don't use that word. I told you you can either say vagina or female anatomy. If I get if I get that word in my head, then I'll start saying it. Then Mr. and Miss Paul, boy, gee, they'll probably just ground me for probably the rest of eternity. Sir, I and, mean, we don't have all day here. Kimmy, you're going to have to hang on. 
I'm sorry, sir. Um, if there's anything I yeah, can help you with. Yeah, your fucking phone call. Yeah. Oh, shit, my phone call. Kimmy, are you still here, baby? I'm so, so very sorry. And forgive me for saying shit. I, I, I said it again. Shoot. Uh, shucks. Yeah. Will you please just understand that I don't feel comfortable asking these gentlemen for a contraceptive? No, no. Is he I, talking about us? I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself the embarrassment. I mean, I'm not even old enough to procure one. And then asking these... Mikey! What appeared to... Hey. Hang on. Yes, sir. What are you... What are you talking about over there? Oh, um, Kimmy, you're going to have to hang on for one second. Well, you see, sir, my, my, my girlfriend, she's kind of looking to maybe take things to the next level. I'm not sure what that means. Second but base? Maybe. I don't know. I've never played football. But the thing about it is... <laughs> Is she's ready to kind of like, in her opinion, go the next mile, take things a step further, and boy, that just really makes me nervous. So you, are you, you, you need someone to buy you condoms? Well, sure, I'm not of age. How old are you, Mikey? I'm just turning 17 this summer, <laughs> sir. <laughs> wow. I have to be 21 to partake in any sort of adult activities, according to Mr. and Miss Paul. Well, hold on, you call your parents Mr. and Mrs. Paul? Well, sure, I mean, that's 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 their names. There's My mom is Mr. Paul, and my mom is Miss... My, my, well, jeez, I'm so flustered and my dick's really hard. I just wouldn't <laughs> mind if you could maybe get something to cover this thing up. Um... Like I said, a contraceptive would be great in this time. <laughs> well, you know, Michael, Peter, Paul, um, you got to remember that love is cleaner with a packaged wiener. <laughs> <laughs> wiener. <laughs> we're just looking for a, a video. Uh, sure. Friday the 13th. Yeah, Um. you're looking for the horror section. I, I dare not go over there. I, I feel the presence of Satan just being in that aisle, to be honest with you. And Well, Mr. and Miss Paul... I just, I just have a feeling they would sense the devil himself within me. Michael. And quite frankly, hey. I'm second guessing. Hey, Mikey. Even going Mikey. all the way with Kimmy. Mikey. Mikey. Oh my God! I'm gonna burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take this tape and read the back of the box. Holy fuck! You got it. Six, 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 six. Terror and suspense abound in this 24-hour. Nightmare of Blood. Camp Crystal Lake has been shuttered for over 20 years due to several vicious and unsolved murders. The camp's new owner and seven young counselors are readying the property for reopening despite warnings of a death curse by local residents. Hey, hey, listen, I don't know who you are, but I'm trying to read the back of the box here. That's kind of part of our thing. Very well, but you're all doomed if you stay here, every one of you. <clears throat> As I was saying, the curse proves true on Friday the 13th. As one by one, each of the counselors is stalked by a violent killer. This film is widely acclaimed for its horrifying and creative murder sequences. Friday the 13th. Wow! That really fucking happened. Strange kid. Yeah. Well, bless his heart. We're not. We're not gonna actually bring back the condoms for him, are we? No. Okay, it's good, the least we could do to find him. Uh, no, man. I left yeah. Him last night. Hey, watch where you're going. Hey, Eddie. Wow. Paper Street. It's Prater and Sheldon from Paper Street. How yeah. the fuck are you guys? What's up, you big old bitches? You, uh, what? you guys you guys came here to rent steel magnolias? 
Yeah, he's never seen it. Oh, lame. Yeah. Uh, Come on. Well, hey, you know what? We just picked up Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Yeah. The Friday the 13th. The original or the remake? Original. OG status. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite movie. Nice. Well, hey there, listeners. We have a couple of special guests that just joined us. We got Prater and Sheldon, both from the Dallas band Paper Street. Yeah, thanks Welcome. for having us. Man, so glad to have you. Yeah. Paper awesome. Street. Love, Love it. Before we get into their discussion that you're going to join us on, tell us a little bit about Paper Street. Oh, yeah, well, Paper Street's... Uh, I, well, I'm Prater. I play bass in Paper Street. And uh, you can check our music out at uh, www.paperstreet.band. That's the bomb.net. Yeah. Bomb.edu. Oh, yeah. Better. And you can find our uh, debut album on Spotify and all the streaming services. Apple Music? Yep. Nice. Title? What's the title of the the new album? Lead the Blind. Ooh. Neato. I like that. What do you guys sound like? A little uh, Alice in Chains, maybe a lot of a lot of '90s influences. Oh, yeah. Definitely, maybe some... a little Queens of the Stone Age in there. Nice. Hell yeah! Yeah. Sprinkle hell a little, little bit of metal. Yeah. It's yeah. A per- perfect to have you guys talk about your band. We talk a lot of music on here. Yeah, yeah, we sure do. And you guys are on all social media platforms. Of course, it's... Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, on YouTube. Uh, oh, that's right. You guys did all those. Uh, we actually have a parlor series called the video? Paper Street Parlor. Yeah, yeah. Those are awesome. A bunch of covers in uh, various acoustic arrangements with some guests and. So cool, so creative. Yeah, guys. Those are really, really love cool. those. Thank you. And so you guys are, are obviously horror fans, right? Of course. Oh yeah. Hell cool. Yeah. And so that's why we've asked you to join us today. We're talking <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth. It's going to be a real fucking blast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess it'll have to do. Instead of Steel it's adequate. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. We can do another episode on Steel Magnolias if you want. Okay, tell us about your first, like, getting to know horror. Well, uh, when I was growing up, my sister, after she saw Scream, she decided she wanted to watch all the horror movies that had ever been made. And I was along for the ride because I was just a little kid. And I was like, hey, my sister's doing it. I'm going to do it, too. And then she lost interest, but I was hooked. So I spent one summer, I watched every horror franchise that Blockbuster had. And then I came across a little franchise called Phantasm. And this is a movie I had seen on HBO during a free preview when I was a kid. Far too young for it. And never knew what it was called. And spent the rest of my childhood thinking I had dreamed it. So I had just this imagery of this ball and this mortician and embalming fluid and hearses and everything. And I was like, oh my Spooky. God. And then I, I was walking through Blockbuster one day and I saw it on the shelf and I was like, oh. holy shit, it's real. <laughs> it's real. It's called Phantasm. What a so, moment. Oh, man. That's yeah. crazy. We are huge Phantasm fans. Yeah. Dude, yeah. such a good one. All right, Shelton, how about you? Uh, I have a similar story. I, um, I used to go to the video store with my mom and my brother and my brother loved all horror movies and I'd always uh, wander around the horror section and look at all the the covers of all the movies and the backs of the movies and loved all the pictures. And it was so thought provoking as a kid, you know? And so I guess ever since then, that's kind of what sparked it for me. Totally. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think we all have memories. It's like when we were kids, especially you have older siblings, it's kind of like you kind of want to do what they do, but then you kind of form your own little thing. And that's why I think like, are you afraid of the dark? And those little stepping yeah. stones in the horror are so important. What are some of your favorite horror movies? Um, I love uh, Dead Alive, that old um, old school like oh, Peter Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a gross out movie, dude. It yeah. really is super gross out. Totally. Grody Jody, yeah. <laughs> extra piquant. <laughs> yeah, that was a great one. And well, and when you go back and watch it, dude, it's so funny. It's yeah. just hilarious. It's a great one. Yeah. Nonstop yeah. laughs with that movie. 
Yeah. And uh, Sounds um, like it. Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> I absolutely love that movie. Oh, yeah. One mm-hmm. of our favorites. Well, what do you guys say we get down to business and let's talk Friday the 13th? Let's talk about the poster, and I think all of our love for horror started at a video store. Seeing that iconic design week after week, right there. Let's go around the room. Let's kind of get your feedback on it. Prater, let's start with you. Oh, this is etched in my brain from when I was a kid. One of the things that I never realized about it until I was much older was that this is a silhouette of a person. Uh huh. I always thought it was like curtains and looking out a window at these teenagers. Interesting. And it wasn't until I didn't notice the knife. I don't know why I never noticed the knife. Yeah. Of course, when you went to Blockbuster or whatever video store you went to, it was always wrapped in cellophane and like and kind stickers of dis- all distorted over. it yeah. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. 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 So yeah. maybe maybe there was something covering that or something. I never realized there was a person until I noticed the knife, and I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Sure. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Chelton. Yeah, I like it. Um, I love it. It's I love the uh, the font of the Friday the Thirteenth. That font is iconic, and yeah, it? it's like it's cool. you know like, you know what it's. I don't know. Is it just is it probably the standard? Like that's the Friday the Thirteenth font. It's got to yeah, be called. It's got to be. Yeah. yeah. You've never seen that before. It's so killer. Ah. Oh! Oh! But I love that. I don't his... get it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you stay out of this. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's like um, an actual illustration totally. of some of some sorts. I, like I, it's so cool. All the details of the trees and the moon and and the kids and the the counselor. Oh, I just love it. It's it's great. Very 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 cool. There's nothing more I can really add to it. I mean, it, it stands out as I definitely iconic. Um, it's a better time. I think that you know. I, I think when we did a video a while ago about our favorite six, you know, top six uh, VHS boxes and movie posters, That's all right. mine were hand drawn, and I gravitate towards that style, and I can appreciate you know what I, it does there. I yeah. wonder if you know, like, where the OG like painting is. Like, what size is it? You know, like, yeah. that's really curious. I love art. and It's a hundred feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> it's a full mural. It's <laughs> the side of a building. Here. Yeah, dude. Uh, Logan. So. Yeah, I mean, like like everybody said on here, this is iconic, but I, I don't even know if it's because it's Friday the 13th, if it's the poster for that movie, or it's just an iconic poster in general. It's a good point. Uh, I, I love that it's illustrated. I, I appreciate the illustrated or the painted posters more than anything. You don't see that as much these days, so... Can we go ahead and just kind of elaborate? You, yeah. you, if it was another movie, just kind of elaborate when you are saying if it, if it wasn't Friday the 13th and you saw that cover, would it be as, like, Yeah, no, iconic? I think it would. I think it would. Yeah. I mean, because it, it... I mean, Prater said that the knife was covered up maybe by, like, a sticker or the cellophane or something like that, so once you see the knife, you pretty much... It's, like, obvious yeah. that you know that it's a slasher movie. Yeah. So it could apply to pretty much any movie from sure. the 80s, really. Sure. I mean, like, in but the But it woods, doesn't look as cheap as some slasher movies. Yeah, no, true. no, it's really, really well done. I mean, even if you look, like, close detail on the faces of... There's, like, five people by a cabin in the woods uh, in the illustration. I mean, it's really detailed. It's very, yeah. very well done. So it's one of my favorite posters of all time. I think it kind of sets the bar for, really, any horror movie from then on. Uh, yeah, I love it. Absolutely. Eddie, what do you think about it? Couldn't agree more with everything you guys said. Uh, I'm going to turn it over, and on the back of the box, it doesn't say a whole lot, but you see, like, an arrow, and you see some kid getting pulled out of the lake that looks like it's drowning, and I kind of associated that with superstition. You know, I, I don't know if superstition was a thing surrounding Friday the 13th title, but well, when maybe I, we should talk about that later. Yeah, we, we should probably revisit <laughs> that, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't notice a knife, but I did notice on the back of the box, you know, maybe 
something had to do with uh, bad luck or superstition. So, which is ironic because neither of those scenes have anything to do with the uh, actual killer in the film. Mm-hmm. You're right. You know, we were just talking about trailers these days, and you watch a movie trailer and it gives away most Everything, of the fucking yeah. movie, the plot. Uh, we really like those deceiving trailers when you watch it and you're like, yeah. oh, you think you know what you're getting into? And it is so, totally different. That's the back of this box. Yeah. You know, it, it really, a good, it's a good point. Yeah. It, it makes us to where we don't want to watch trailers anymore at I mean, all. Absolutely. Like yeah. the last, we just covered Halloween Kills. We didn't watch anything on that, man. Like, we didn't thing. look at pictures. We knew nothing about it going into I it. I mean, I suppose the killer did use an arrow and somebody did drown in a lake. Yeah. But it was neither of these two people. No. no. All right. That being said, moment of truth. Thumbs up or thumbs down, Prater? Okay, Big thumbs on. up. All right. Right on, Shelton. Oh, yeah, of course. Thumbs up. Great. Yeah, uh, Love and- it. Nice. Anton? Thumbs up. Logan? Thumbs up. Okay, yeah. That'll be five thumbs up. Nice. So... The highest score we've had yet on this show. Yes. Oh, that is true. That is true. Prater, let's start with you. You are a big fan. Tell us what you like about this film. First thing I like about this film is the POV shots of the killer. That was the first thing that I I, I noticed that was so striking. Um, Just love that. And it keeps it so ambiguous. As to who the killer is, you know, and instead of seeing the killer from the victim's perspective, you always see the victim from the killer's perspective. Second thing was the score. I love the score. Obviously, there's the iconic, which is iconic. It's it's amazing and it's carried on through the years. But if you notice at the end of the movie, after the last final scene with Alice, that little ditty that plays there almost seems a little hopeful, and it's kind of bizarre and doesn't really fit with what you just saw but it's really nice and i like it and i wouldn't want the movie to be any other way another like i have is the setting the woods at night abandoned camp it's claustrophobic it mm. plays in your natural fears of the dark yeah and mm-hmm. isolation in general 100 if you've ever been camping you probably know that you hear things in the woods that aren't really there or maybe they are there but you imagine them being something else everything's elevated a little bit more right yeah. a little bit more spooky out there and feel kind all... of vulnerable out in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coats. And all the rain that's happening the whole time, oh, yeah. too. It's... I mean, even if there were no killer, you would still be freaked the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my final like, and probably my favorite thing about the film overall, is Pamela's reveal and her motive, which I think is really kind of logical for a slasher villain. Sure. You can really understand where she's coming from and why she's doing what she's doing. She's not just a rampant killer out for to kill for the thrill of it. She has a reason and a purpose and a driving motivation. Mm-hmm. And it's makes her one of the more logical slasher villains in most of the 80s franchises. That's a really good point. Yeah, fantastic point. Yeah. What is it, the motivation? What are you saying? Well, after her son drowned in the lake because the counselors weren't paying attention, she set out to make sure the camp never reopened again yeah. so that this never happened to anybody else. Yeah. So she says she killed those two people in 57 or 58. Jason died in 57. Jason died in 57. Then she set fire to the place. She did everything she could to keep it from reopening. And when that was no longer an option and they were dead set on reopening it, she just killed all the counselors. I think so many times we have conversations when we discuss movies about these plot narratives that don't go anywhere. They're dead ends (laughs) and it's not necessarily so clear cut. And I'm glad you bring that up because I think it's very valid. I don't know if it's, always talked about with this movie because I I think it's one of those things that in the grand scheme of things we're in the 12 movies now we were just talking Mm -hmm. about that you know (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, it's just twelve of them. But yeah, that's that's because awesome. Because it kind of kind of lost that. the lost You're, the plot. Gotcha, uh, Shelton. Let us into your world of likes. I like the kind of old school way that this movie plays out. It kind of makes you wait all the time. For instance, the old school credits. Mm-hmm. It's like. Bam! You know, it comes out with the POV, which was badass. And then the girl gets killed, and then it fades to, like, white. Okay, and then it goes to the, like, credits! Here it is! Credits! Creepy music! And then, and then it's just, like, directed by, starring, blah, blah. And it just makes you sit there for, like, three minutes, or however long it is. Well, it just gives you, like, nothing. There's no, like, you know, because, like, modern movies are, like, you jump uh, right in. Yeah. Or there's a scene already happening and the, the credits are like kind of, you know, fading away. It's a goat again and fading out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a couple other scenes that I thought were really cool where it kind of makes you wait like that. And you don't really see that shit anymore. So at the very beginning when old uh, Annie is looking to like figure out where she's going, she's walking through town. There's like a still shot of her like walking from, I think, left all the way to right of the screen. And it's like, it's kind of a long scene. The camera doesn't move or nothing. And you just got to like, look at the surroundings. And she's like, you know, real charismatic in the way she moves. Uh, there's another scene where old final girl Alice is like making some coffee. Because mm-hmm. Bill is going to check on the generator. Yeah. yeah. Poor Bill. There's like a three or four minute scene where she's just like making coffee. Yeah. No, that, uh, that scene's awesome. It really kind of builds up the tension. Shit's about to hit the fan right when that scene's happening. So totally yeah. hear you there. Yeah. I, I just really like how the movie kind of does that throughout, you know. Anson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, this movie just is, it's turned into, I don't know if there's even a thing. Hashtag feel good horror. In a way, like... Like, it's a feel-good horror movie for me now. The best way I can describe that, it's it's almost like you have, we all have favorite bands, right? I know yours is Steve Miller, Eddie. And whenever you, you hear your favorite band's song, like, so many times, it's like their most popular one. You're like, ah, okay. And this movie's kind of fallen to that realm for me, unfortunately. Doesn't mean I don't like it. But what I'm saying is that it's just fallen into that category for me now. And it's okay. But I just, I just don't, I'm trying to think, what's its thumbprint really on horror? And it's elevated as if it really is like this Mount Rushmore upper echelon. I think there's a statue of Jason Voorhees in the Hall of Fame of Horror. There should be Pamela Voorhees like attached to him. Because I think that she's honestly a little bit more interesting than what continued on with Jason in some aspects. Because really, it's not anything much different than we'd seen up at this point. It's not a bad thing. That's okay when movies do that. But it's just, I often wonder now, I think I just like this movie because it takes me back to a time. I'm nostalgic. Logan, what do you got? Okay, so I really enjoy this movie. I think that it's it's just, it was well done. Um, I know that Sean S. Cunningham uh, wanted to make something that was kind of in line with Halloween, and, and uh, you know, they wanted to use the... Like I a, don't see the resemblance. Are you a bullshit artist right now? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> bullshit artist! <laughs> you well, cheesy old cornball. I, <laughs> I don't really see it that much because, hello, uh, I mean... Friday the 13th is kind of a destination horror film, whereas Halloween takes place right where you live. Very true. And, 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 okay. and, and it's Pamela Voorhees in the first one, again, which you don't get the, the blankless, faceless killer until, uh, as we know later. Well, yeah, so you, too, kind I of. I mean, the whole, whole time you're watching Halloween, you get to see Michael Myers staring yeah. at her, mm-hmm. and you know why she's scared. But yeah. the thing about Friday the 13th is you know they should be scared, but they have no idea what's coming. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, but uh, go on. So, yeah, I was just saying, Sean S. Cunningham wanted to make a movie that was kind of uh, holiday-related, 
Um, obviously, it has the POV shots. It's a slasher. It's it's got a lot of similarities to Halloween, and I love that. And and what Shelton was saying is that like, there's all this anticipation, all this buildup. A lot of that happens in Halloween to the to the fact that prior to John Carpenter writing the the score for the movie, it was kind of known to be boring because there was so much buildup and there wasn't a lot going on. Mm-hmm. But then you add the score in and it's like, gives it this whole atmosphere and all these things. The show. I definitely don't like the score for this movie as much as I do the Halloween score. However, it's very effective. And I think in comparison to the other Friday the 13th movies in the franchise, this score is the best on the first one. Um, I just find it to be a little creepier. The movie's awesome. I think the, the cinematography's great on it. The acting is good. The dialogue is good enough to have good character development so you care about these characters when they start getting killed off it's kind of like oh shit you know i didn't, I didn't think yeah. they would get killed off I, I i didn't see this movie until a little bit later on right so i remember you would see jason everywhere dude i mean you'd go to the mall or party city or anything like that jason masks were everywhere so it's almost like you felt like you'd watched it even though you hadn't so i think i want to say i was like 11 or 12 and that's when i really started getting into horror and i kind of wanted to start uh diving in and seeing other movies that I'd never seen before and that was one that was on the list I was like I've never actually seen this movie so I watched that and surprisingly I watched Nightmare on Elm Street right around the same time as well mm. um, and dude I was blown away I thought it was awesome I had no fucking idea that Jason was not the killer in this movie that he was <laughs> the kid and that Pamela Voorhees was the killer so I thought that was a really cool surprise and I do think it's neat that she is the killer and there's like that motive and it's just it just kind of differentiates this movie from other slasher movies of the time gotta check this fucking movie out Absolutely. Yeah. God, I think you guys covered just about everything. One thing that no one mentioned was the amazing bluegrass uh, little, uh, <laughs> I know little song <laughs> where they're driving in the oh, pickup the old, truck. The old <laughs> sounds of uh, rural New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, it's in yeah. New Jersey, right. right. Yeah. Do you guys know that more original songs were written for Friday the 13th by the quad folk legends? Harry, Ann, Fred, and Denny. <laughs> yeah, they're a real doozy. Actually... We'll take our listeners back to Camp Crystal Lake in 1980, where you can hear our personal favorite tune, Looking for a Fix. There's a legend in these campgrounds here, a legend in the Gather round this campfire now and listen to my story. It's American original. Listen up, or you'll be doomed. Don't risk doing drugs or making love if you wanna live through this story. Every villain has this point of view. You'll keep your head if you don't lose your Just stand there, Annie and the Gadgetella. Don't just stand there, kill a darn snake. Billy, don't just stand there. Keep your nose is clean. Sixty-six point six.
what the folk was that? <laughs> Anyways, what were you saying, Eddie? I, I love the setup. I love basically a little bit about what everybody was talking about. The scenes where, you know, she's making coffee. The scenes where, you know, they're they're just hanging out on the dock or when they're uh, out out in the lake hanging out. All that's awesome. All the characters are really well written. I think they kind of wrote this like from two aspects, similar to how Deborah Hill wrote the girls in uh, Halloween and John Carpenter wrote the guys. You even forget it's a horror movie at some points. You know, Pamela Voorhees is incredible. I, I love how how she portrayed the character. And I, I can really tell that that wasn't how they intended for the character to... That's probably the outcome they wanted, but she really delivered something above and beyond what was asked of her in the beginning. But all in all, an extremely classic portrayal of a slasher film. I totally agree with the the, the Pamela part where she's doing the the crazy voice. Oh, oh my, my God. God. The Jason so, voice. So amazing. That is the scariest Jason. Like Her chef, portrayal of Jason is... Chef's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> chef's kiss. <laughs> nice. Like, it is so cool, man. It's creepy as fuck. Yeah. Other than Ned Prater, do you have any dislikes? <laughs> Other than Ned? I don't know. Let me see here. My number one dislike is... Fucking Ned! <laughs> what is this guy's fucking deal? You look at the back cover. Both of those situations were caused by Ned. People were put in peril because of Ned. You know, simple distraction to throw you off the scent of anything else. Maybe you, you go in there thinking it truly is about the superstitious holiday, right? Is there a single scene Ned is in where he's not just being a complete douchebag? Yeah, Which brings me to my next dislike. The off-screen deaths. Ned got an off-screen death. In fact, most of the males in the film got off-screen deaths. Of all people, you wish that Ned had an on-screen death. I wanted death. to see his death. <laughs> I wanted to see that go he down. He walks into that cab, and I'm like, yes, it's happening! What? Yeah. You, you, you denied me that? Psych. But if you notice, most of the males in the film got off-screen deaths. They filmed, a, oh. they filmed all the girl scenes. Oh, yeah. Bill? Bill got yeah. off-screen? You, you don't That's get to right. see Bill. He gets that awesome uh, arrow thing. Um, Ned... Steve Christie, I guess, technically died on screen, but it was very brief and very quick. Jack was the only one who had a full on-screen death. For, it's a little weird, but also, I would have loved to have seen Ned. Just, <laughs> he really got it out for this guy. Just, uh, yeah, just put that arrow through his neck, pin him to the, to the door with the <laughs> knives, shoot an arrow through him. Burn him alive. <laughs> tie the rope around, throw him through a window. In fact, he's the only one that dies in the whole film. And right. Pamela just chases everybody around with his body. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sheldon, what are your dislikes? Oh, uh, okay, so I don't have many, but um, the Pamela-Alice quarrel at the end, where it just keeps going, Pamela's like, hey, yeah, the counselors were sleeping together, and that's why Jeez. Jason died, and oh, now we're I'm going to kill you, and, and then Alice is like, no, you're not, I'm going to hit you with like a, a fire poker, and then, and then that happens like seven more times. <laughs> Like, and every time, like, Pamela, or uh, fucking Alice is like, I stopped her from killing me, but then she's like, no, no, I'm gonna run away, instead of, like, tying her up, or, you know, like, in, you know. Well, oh, this movie wasn't, was inspired by Looney Tunes. Yeah, it was, like, <laughs> sounds like it. I mean, it, it was like, it just kind of dragged on, and finally she gets her head cut off, but. Yeah. Gotcha, Mr. Leatherface. 
uh, you know, I'm not going to rehash on anything they said. Maybe just slightly elaborate on my opinion, because I agree. There's some pacing things here. It's like the scenes that feel out of place and just kind of this wackadoodle. And I think it has a lot to do with the process of making the film, and it's no secret that Sean Cunningham was a little bit more loosey-goosey with his directing, and it was like, eh, we'll just be teenagers and stand in this cabin and we'll do this. So I think it shows. So it, it is sort of this amateur filmmaking, but they somehow were able to compile enough together to make it work. And I think my biggest flaws are just right with that, because the rest of it's just fine with me. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, unfortunately, it's fallen to that category where it's like, oh, feel good horror. They mean, I don't like it. I mean, I think it's one of the stronger ones in the entire franchise. I know we're not talking about the franchise, but it, it definitely has its place. And uh, there's just a lot to love about it. It's, you know, we, we said something about Are You Afraid of the Dark? You know, right? It's not quite like show your kids kind of feel-good horror for, like, maybe younger audiences. It's got mm-hmm. some good things in there, but off-screen kills is another one that plagued a lot of horror movies. We talk about that a lot. You know, they either it's budget things or they got censored enough, they have to limit it to that. But, yeah, that's really about it where I meant with it. I don't want to tread too much on those things I completely agree with, you know? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Logan, what do you got? I think I agree with, with everything they've said so far. It, it starts off pretty strong, and then once it gets to the kind of the the last 20 minutes or so the pacing is pretty slow uh i don't really understand why they had to draw everything out so much especially like after um alice kills pamela and then and then she goes to the hospital and there's all these other scenes that are pretty unnecessary you know ned i i don't necessarily dislike him you know i mean he's got that great line like i love uh, him yeah you know you're beautiful when you're angry sweetheart <laughs> <laughs> like that's great <laughs> but no i think uh yeah, the off-screen kills kind of sucks also like you know the anticipation the build-up which sheldon and i have both talked about it's like it builds up it builds up it builds up and tom savini did a fucking fantastic job with all the, the practical it's effects genius. and everything but they're so fast it's yeah. like kill done you know, it's yeah, like it's, if you look at it too long, you can see how fake it looks. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah it, it borderlines with some. It's like it's just enough. They give you just enough, and it discloses just enough to where. Right. And yeah, that's the yeah. whole thing. I mean, we're talking about 1979 that they mm-hmm. filmed this. I mean, you know, things have changed. They're working with what they got, right? Mm-hmm. Anything else to? Add on no, I, I really enjoy this movie. I don't think there's a whole. lot. I mean, dude, it's a it's a fucking slasher from the 80s, so we're not talking about an Academy Award winning mm-hmm. movie. Didn't but have to be. As far as like, I. I give you a fucking long list of movies uh or horror movies especially from the 80s that are not anywhere near as good or sure. effective as this movie so very very great movie uh not a lot of dislikes about it evil eddie eddie what you got well um okay so agree with everything you guys said uh I am not a big fan of Alice. I think she is the worst final girl, uh, or one of the worst final girls in any major horror film. Um, Plot holes, I'm very forgiving, but there are certain things that I just cannot get past. And one of them, one of the biggest things is, if you're being chased by somebody, and you go into a cabin, and you are trying to block the door from going in. It is fucking ridiculous to pile shit in front of an outswing door. Yeah. Mm, fuck. Sure it is. That is the most frustrating thing ever. Yeah, she's... At best, you're gonna slow them down a little. They might trip. At best. But guess what? When she sees the Jeep come up, she goes right out that fucking door with no problem. Yeah. Shall we talk about favorite kills? Yeah. Yeah. Crater, what's your favorite kill? Jack. Jack. That's it. Mayhoffer? Yeah, Jack. Arrow through the neck? Arrow through the neck. Jack Mayhoffer. Not just the arrow through the neck. The 
defying physics arrow through the neck. <laughs> yeah, this it, arrow was actually past the ground. Exactly, and <laughs> like, also no. the fact that, I mean, you got to give it to Pamela. She hides under the bed while Jack and Marcy have sex. That's now, scary and creepy. At any point creepy. during this Weird. time, she could have killed them both. But she waited till they were done. Of course she did. And he got a little toke of his of his joint. And then she shoved an arrow through his neck. So at least he got that one last moment yeah. of bliss before he kicked the bucket, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then she, we got this wonderful chase with uh, Marcy. But just the... The implication of that scene that she hid under the bed, listened to them have sex, somehow made this arrow <laughs> yeah. straight up through his, through his neck like that, while also having the longest arms in the world to reach around and grab his head. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's totally not her arm. <laughs> it's a guy's so arm. If you, yeah. if you look at the... Yeah. Well, what that would take, she'd have to be laying on her back and have this arrow ready, reach around and grab him. Sorry. Reach around and grab him like this, and then someone get the arrow straight under him and shove it through. No. So is there any trivia anywhere that, that maybe hints or uh, theories that that wasn't Pamela, that there was more than one? It's like the whole Kennedy thing. Yeah, now. dude. It was Ralph. <laughs> Already said it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I know. Yeah. But it's, yeah, is there yeah, anything else leading to that? Can right? you physically turn the arrow underneath a bed? I mean, that arrow has to be, let's just say three feet, you know. Can't, like that, It's that's an expanding not, arrow, dude. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Yeah, it's a yeah. retractable, it's a retractable arrow. arrow. Retractable arrow. It's a retractable yeah. arrow. But, and, and how many joints does Pamela have to be able to reach not only under the bed, she's a full-blown contortionist, around the side, and then not only around halfway point to reach his neck. I Listeners, mean, if any of you guys could draw really well, just... Take the physics and idea of that and draw it well, for let's us. See the yes, yeah, I want to see. Fucking but please, please do. All that said, the shot looks great. Yeah, yeah. yeah the sure, way that Eric sure. comes to his neck and the blood shoots out, and it's you're expecting him to be killed, but not like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was expecting the first time I saw it to see something come down on him—a knife, a machete, whatever—not yeah. yeah. come through him. And I thought that was fucking great. Yeah, yeah, yep. Sheldon, what do you got? Oh, favorite kill? Yeah. Uh, okay, favorite kill is Marcy axing the face girl. Oh, my God. Mm. Also, man, axing I love the, the buildup before that when she's in the, like, the bathhouse or whatever you would call that, the, yeah. the community bathroom, I guess. When she's like looking in the mirror and she does this, like I don't know, she says something in the mirror. Yeah, in the kind of Broadway yeah, and deal. it's yeah. like, hey, darling, love floppity flip flop. You know, like, like <laughs> what? Uh, and like, what is that? It seems like it's a quote, but I don't know. That's old Slapsy Palmer. Yeah, Jonas. That's my second favorite kill. I and you know the way they did that. Um, did they use like a prosthetic head or no? No, they didn't. They had the choice between the prosthetic so, head. Yeah, Savini, when Cunningham came to him and said, "I want to do this scene," he said, "Okay, do you want a real axe and a fake head, or a fake head and a real axe?" Mm. And, oh, God, it was brilliant. And then they hit the light. You know, if you notice, they hit yeah. the light bulb. Purposely. So, yeah. It was, it was cool. intentional. Just to show how the axe is real. Yeah. So, very, very cool. Anson, what do you got? Well, you know, Prater, definitely, everything you said about that one, that's where my mind was at. And I love how the points you brought up. So, I don't want to rehash there. So, I guess just to throw something different out there, uh, uh, Bill Brown, you know. Bunch of arrows just kind of strung up, and that and that that stuff for the the photo flow messed his eye up. I think uh, Ben Crosby's son, what's his name, that plays the actor. Imagine oh, the strength of Pamela as she held him yeah, up. Yeah, Michael yeah. Myers yeah. strength, dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. Well, Logan, I agree with the Jack 
kill being the best one. Mm-hmm. I think it's the most effective. Yeah. I, you know, you put yourself in that situation. You're chilling in bed. You just got done fucking. You're smoking a joint, having a good old time. Yeah. And then this uh, this arm comes out from underneath the bed and grabs you. Dude, that's like my ultimate fear anyways. Like, sure. you know, monster movies and and ghost movies and shit like that. They don't scare me. It's serial killer, like real life stuff. I've, I've talked about that on uh, yeah. quite a few of our episodes. And so, yeah, somebody like having the patience to wait under your bed to to scare you and then kill you like that sucks dude yeah. like that would be a fucking terrible way to go um and the music there's no music build up for that it just fucking happens right yeah. it's very like you do not see that coming at all i remember same the first with time the I saw bodies it. going through the windows same with all the kills almost all the kills they have no build up they just fucking happen right yeah. right but I, that that one was my favorite and it's kevin bacon you know it's just kind of yeah something about it being Kevin Bacon. It's like, ah, it's my favorite kill. Totally I like love it. Kevin Bacon. I think it was kind of a toss up. I really like when uh, Alice cuts off Pamela Voorhees' head. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. Mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty gruesome. Yeah, you it know. Was, when I first watched this movie with my sister, I was younger, but I was I guess because she's a girl and I was a guy. She was I was like cool, and she goes, oh, her head came off. <laughs> Yes, it did. <laughs> and it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Let's watch it again. <laughs> All right, evil Eduardo. What you got? Man, I'm going to go with Annie. I loved Annie. And it kind of You're has... an American original. Ah, yes. Oh, I love that. Uh, <laughs> she's the most likable character, in my opinion. And yep. not only that, you... The movie kind of leads you to believe that she's going to be the main character, that she's going to be the final girl. It's kind of got that psycho type of, like, where you gently, you know, you think she's going to be, like, throughout the whole movie, but she dies, like, so quickly and brilliant, brilliantly portrayed, because you don't expect that, Um, you know, and I, I love, I fucking love how it builds up, because you see the, that she gets picked up, and she, you know innocently goes into Pamela Voorhees' Jeep. And she's having a conversation, but you never hear the conversation because it's cutting. Every time she asks a question or it responds, it it goes to a shot of the Jeep. And you don't realize why that's happening. And it's so unnoticeable, so subtle, fucking brilliant. And then to the special effects, the throat, you know, being cut and then her bleeding out. Uh yeah, I uh, think that hands... one almost looks more realistic than the the Jack one. But I mean, they're uh, both very really really good. But that's, yeah, they're both and early on that was too, a like really good said. special effect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I think that was much more realistic. I I there I mean again the arrow the the three joints. Uh, yeah, you know what that one's very 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 believable and everything leading up to it. Yeah. I mean, she's only like fifteen, sixteen, or. 42. I, I don't know. <laughs> in the 80s, you can never tell. It's always hard to tell. But I love, love, love that kill. Let's go into just a couple of questions. Logan. Can you kind of kick this Kick, kick this, this shit into high gear? Yeah. You can it. you kick it? Yes, we can. <laughs> Why do you guys think that the Friday the 13th franchise became such a legacy? Like, do you think that it was only because of the Jason mythos? Do you think that... It's the name, Friday the 13th. I mean, what? where did the longevity of this come from? Why? I think time and place and name and the fact that there was a, kind of a fad. 
Well, we did establish earlier that regardless of this being named Friday the 13th or not, regardless of it having sequels or anything like that, it's still a really great horror movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, so there's that too. But yeah. is there anything else that you guys think that why this has kind of lasted the test of time? Well, it's, it, it kind of a little bit of a perfect storm, right? I think Eddie has a good point. It's the right time for this type of movie. There's enough buzz created around it, which there was, obviously. You know, there's an ad ran in the paper without even a script. And they put it together with a, with a good story. So I think there's enough that works really well. This sort of cemented is like uh, being, I don't know, it, it has its place, like I said, in the Horror Hall of Fame. Because as it evolved into being Jason, I think Pamela Voorhees needs to be up there. Because it's, it's just different enough, right? And I think the way the story's told is, is really interesting. So I, I think that's where I stand with it, so sure. Yeah, and, you know, don't forget, Sean S. Cunningham worked with Wes Craven on Last House on the Left. Uh-huh. And, True. And they did market the fuck out of that before it ever came out. Right. And they did, and they were really successful. Here's the difference. Last House on the Left is not a very watchable movie. <laughs> it no. is no. A, a tough watch. Yeah. However... Friday the 13th's a pretty wholesome watch compared to that. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it can't sure. fall into that yeah. category. Absolutely. Sure. I, I really think that the the icon status of the franchise itself comes from just how many signature things there are from it. You've got the name, Friday the 13th. It's really memorable. Right. It's a, it's a solid day, Friday the 13th. And then once Jason was introduced, he had the hockey mask, which is an easy imagery. Mm-hmm. Everybody's seen a hockey mask. They were everywhere. So the hockey mask, the name Jason, Friday the 13th, you've just got all these marketable Like a perfect little right storm. There. Yeah. It's perfect for marketing. It's just hitting nothing but net. And it sticks in your in your brain. So even as kids, I'm sure, before any of us ever saw Friday the 13th, we knew who Jason was. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, for me, it's like you brought up a good point, too. It's like it, it was confusing for me as a kid because I kind of was like, oh, wait, this house goes and... You know, and and a good point, the hockey mask. Any Halloween, if you need yeah. a costume really quick, guess what? Run to CVS. I mean, as a kid, it's like the easiest thing to throw on in, and nobody you enjoy can, it. Nobody can walk through a yeah. store and see a hockey mask sure. from that era without thinking sure. of Jason. Immediately. Movies. And that's got a lot to say. I mean, like, number one, the name, the title, and picking summer camp and scaring the fuck out of summer campers. And then the second one, bringing in the, the sun who kind of finished off the first movie and making a splash there. And then the third one, having the hockey mask. And then the fourth one, bringing in, um, who's the guy, uh, the kid in that one? Jarvis. Um, Jarvis. Jarvis, yeah. What's the... Corey Haim. Corey Feldman. Or Feldman. Feldman. Co- yeah. Corey Feldman. Before he becomes big, how, how much fucking charmed could this franchise be? It, it just, like, bleeds 80s, doesn't it? Just oh, my God. Every, at every... Poor every yeah. orifice. It's it just hits. It's got Ebola of eighties. It hits it's on just... the big things in eighties before the eighties even got right, to right, it. Right, 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 right. I mean, it was filmed in seventy nine, so it's so eighties that it was done in seventy nine. <laughs> it's hipster eighties. It's crazy. Yeah. And you know one thing. It's ironic eighties. It so... was eighties before it was eighties. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about the, like the longevity of this this movie, like this single movie, being that Pamela Voorhees is the killer, right? But. Jason takes on the rest of them, so that kind of carries the rest of the stuff. But I think it's funny how Jason is a kid in this movie, and Ari Lehman, I guess, is that how you say his name? I don't know. Anyways, the guy that plays Jason as a kid, I was reading up on him, and it was really cool how he was like, he was, I guess his parents were auditioning him for movies or whatever, taking mm. him to auditions. Mm. And he's like, man, 
he looked out pretty hard on yeah, this one. Like they sure had did. no idea that it was just he's basically yeah, just an extra in the movie. Well, and I then think he made a whole career the, out of did it. Did someone on the set like work with him in another movie too? Like did maybe Tom Savini? Know. Like ah, he worked with him on a different. He's like you should you should see if this kid's doing anything because he kind of fits that. I'm not sure. I don't know either, but yeah, you are the first Jason. Yeah. And a good one. That that designs. And awesome. he's always at like uh, horror conventions. Oh, sure. Okay. Do you think that when they filmed the first movie, that they planned for sequels? Oh yeah. Man, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, you would assume that any production would hope for sequels, right? You know, I mean, there's more money to be made. More money to be made. I guess. I mean, listen, if you're if a sequel's in demand, that must mean your movie did something right. I guess. So I, mean, I guess anyone hopes for success with their movies. So sure. What do you guys think that there will be any more sequels? I fucking hope so. Mark my words, there will be more sequels. Victor Miller can be bribed. Yeah, mm. uh, there's money to be made. Of course there is. If he okay. can't be bribed, he can be killed. Yeah. And do you, what do you want to see out of a sequel? You know, they did the 2009 remake, I which want, really I thought was pretty good. I want to see a sequel to that one. You want to see a sequel to that one? They were supposed yeah. to do that. that that's been in like development in hell. So if there's not a sequel to that, because in the in the remake, they kind of compile the first three movies into one Mm -hmm. um so would you want it to be like continuation of that or almost like remakes of part four five and six you know if they're Mm. doing three movies in one honestly that might not be a bad idea the tommy jarvis story right yeah all right that about does it for us today i want to thank justin prater and sheldon inlow from paper street thank you for being on and listeners be sure to check them out at paperstreet.band youtube Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your music, CD even, yeah. Ooh, and I want to say, just just for me personally, man, how fun it was to have both of you guys on here. I have yeah, a couple absolutely. different voices that we, oh, yeah. you know, we're so used to Thanks just having us three. You're, you're our first, you're the very first guest we've ever had on the show. Yeah. Uh, and we plan on having a lot more, so thank you guys for being here. Thank man. you so very much. Really, really good. Awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, you're going to join us for part two or maybe some Phantasm. Part two, Phantasm. Or Return of the it. Living Dead. That's yeah, oh, that's right. right yeah. Yeah, dude, that's, we got to get you on that for, for that sure, man. Episode, yeah. I'd love it. Absolutely. So tell us something. Do you agree or disagree with us? Did we miss something? Is there something horror related that you'd like to hear us cover? Let us know. Keep up with us in between episodes on all platforms of social media. We look forward to hearing from you. So listen up. And remember, stay scary. Get six. Get six.